Bikini season is finally upon us, and this year I am actually excited because I've found a brand that fits my body and makes me feel sexy. For the longest time, that really wasn't the case with me in swimsuits. And over the years, I realized that the low-waist bottom that the majority of swimsuits are made with nowadays is basically a recipe for a muffin top, no matter how fit you are. That's why I love Zahara Swim. They're an Australian brand that creates swimsuits to accentuate a woman's body. That means that they have a high hip cut that hangs right around your hips and waist area and makes you look itty-bitty in the middle and curvy in all of the right places. If you want to know what I'm talking about, head over to zaharaswim.com and use my code MAC30 to save 30% off. That's Z-A-H-A-R-A-S-W-I-M dot com. And use the code MAC30, M-A-C-3-0, to save 30% off your order. You have the right to feel great in a bikini. And now you will, thanks to Zahara Swim. Welcome to my human design experiment. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Mystical Mac, the very first episode of Mystical Mac. I'm super excited to be rebranding and redoing this podcast in a way that feels super true to me. As you noticed, I'm sure in the intro, it's a little bit different. I added a few words, a little bit of an audio, uh, and it says, welcome to my human design experiment. Now, a little bit about that for those of you who haven't listened to my last season where I talked a little bit about, not a little bit, what I talked a lot about human design. Um, There is this place called inner authority. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I'm getting sidetracked already. Uh, Human design is this modality that I've found that I love even more than astrology and numerology and the like to differentiate us humans in ways that benefit us Um, meaning it's important to honor our differences so that we can all come together and human design really helps you tune into what you are um, I don't like to say meant to function as just because it's we learn and grow throughout our lives but it alerts you to certain things that are constants in your life that you can rely upon and it alerts you to other things that Uh, you may just be doing because you're influenced by people around you. Now, one of the things about human design that was life-changing for me is finding out that I have this inner authority, this place where my real decisions come from and my mind doesn't often understand it. And the way that I exercise my authority, the way that I really get to experiment with it is when I just let myself speak because I have what's called ego manifested authority. So whatever happens in my heart center, whatever is brewing in there, it has a somewhat of a direct line to my throat center and I must speak from my heart and that's how I know what my truth is. And it's true because when I just let myself speak, you know, about a certain situation with friends or whatever, I often find myself um, gaining these amazing insights. So I figured this is like a conversation, this podcast between you and me. And I wanted to create something that was really authentic. And, you know, it's not as, um, I guess I could say, functional in my eyes as High Vibrations with Mac was. Just because I'm not, you know, I'm not here in 
intending to teach you something. I'm here intending to share my story and hope that you can relate and and get something from it. And I feel like this is going to be a really good thing. I need to commit to myself, which brings me to this episode's title and this whole situation about this episode, right? I explained to you guys the intro. Welcome to my human design experiment. This is a show where I'm not going to script. Um, I'm, you know, unless I have a guest or something, I'm not going to have an outline. I'm not. I'm just going to have this this idea that propelled this episode forward the given week. Um, yes, I'm also changing it to an episodic podcast, so I I am committing to myself and I'm committing to you to be here every single week on Monday. Uh, so here we go. The title of the episode is Daddy Issues and Fear of Self-Commitment. We're getting to it, guys. We're getting to the stuff. So... Excuse my pause. (sighs) Okay, this is where we get vulnerable. This is where we get a little bit vulnerable. And this is why I wanted to create this podcast. So here we go. I have daddy issues. And I know a lot of you bitches out there, bitches, I say that in the kindest way, (laughs) you women, sisters, sisters. Um, I'm sure a lot of you are out there being like, honey, so do I. Like, I got daddy issues, you know. So... I'm not comparing my daddy issues to other people's daddy issues, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about my daddy issues and how it affects me. Till this day, they affect me till this day, even though there has honestly been a lot of growth and a lot of forward movement in that area of my life in with my biological father. Um, and this leads to this epiphany that I had recently about self-commitment because I really thought that I had like the right plan of action in mind and it turned out that I didn't so let's start with the daddy issues right I have your good old abandonment issues for those of you who don't know I came to the United States when I was nine years old Um, my mom married this amazing man my stepdad I love him he's my dad like he's my soul dad Uh, But before that, you know, she already had a really tumultuous relationship with my biological father. They divorced when I was five. And ever since they divorced, everything between um, custody and weekends and whatever, it was all kind of a power struggle because he made it always a power struggle. And to be completely frank with you guys, I don't remember the first nine years of my life very well at all, which is... You know, that is what it is. Now remember when I'm ready. Maybe in an ayahuasca experience or something. Um, But that, uh, you know, that was already present. And then when I moved to this country, my biological father kind of declared a custody war. And this happened for a few years. Now, apparently there were times where I would come to the phone, you know, because we'd have like a Skype session, like a Skype session, a Skype call scheduled, and then he wouldn't come to the phone for the longest time. And there was like, it was very emotionally abusive, um, just ever since I was little, but like it was very exacerbated overseas like that. And basically at one point when I was 10 or maybe 12, I don't even know, uh, he told me that if I didn't speak to him, he wouldn't speak to me. And, you know, I didn't actually know how that would affect me until years, years, years later, of course, when that was 
far in the past, but aspects of me were still replaying these same patterns over and over that I had with him. And this behavior, um, like breakups and the way that I would um, be in relationships in comparison to how I would be in my career or in my friendships, it was so appalling that I actually kind of, not kind of, largely contributed to my spiritual awakening to that moment that I had when I was like, holy shit, my emotions are so much bigger than me. My reality is so much bigger than me. Um, but at the same time, I have somewhat control over them. And when I say control over emotions, I don't mean to stop them. I don't mean to um, keep them from happening. I literally mean I have the power to tell my emotions, yes, you're welcome here. Let's feel you out and let's learn what you have to say. Um, or rather, learn what you have to teach. And... That was another reason why I decided to go back into therapy for a while and I'm getting back into it now because it's just amazing to have a therapist to speak to about anything, especially when you find a really, really good one. Um, But that affected me in the way that uh, if any of you are um, familiar with attachment styles, it's this this way of saying, this way of, of labeling how you attach to people. I mean, we are relationally dependent, very much so, especially when we're babies, right? So how we attach to our caregivers is very important, and it'll be, uh, very, and it'll vary depending on how your caregiver, primary caregiver, mom, dad, both were with you. Now I have what's called an anxious attachment style, and what that means is that the attention of a present loving parent was there. Enough of the time for me to rely upon it, but not enough of the time that I um, could feel secure enough to learn how to self-soothe on my own. Yeah. Uh, As opposed to an avoidant attachment style, which is someone whose parental figures, uh, whose primary caregivers were kind of absent or kind of really abusive. And they just created, or not even absent, I'm sorry. Uh, absent neglectful is definitely a way that that could go but also um and like smothering a little bit uh you know those I'm not saying everyone's like that but just like a classic example is like a mama's boy you know whom didn't really have his own opinions didn't really have his own likes dislikes whatever because mom imposed them upon him so that man is likely going to develop an, an avoidant attachment style when it comes to his romantic relationships. So for me, I have, um, oh yeah, this is important to say too, um, you can have different attachment styles in relation to different things in your life. So for example, with my friends, I have a very secure attachment style. Same with my family. Um, you know, with my finances, I used to have a really avoidant attachment style. And in romantic relationships, I tend to have this anxious attachment, anxious attachment style. Now, I didn't know all this, of course, and the way that my childhood played out, the abandonment from my father, it all contributed, and I started learning a lot. And I went through this phase where I just didn't date at all, and I learned a lot from it. And then after that, I thought that I was ready for something real, for something lasting, and. Turns out that I kept attracting 
the same unavailable kind of man. Um, someone who wouldn't really respond to my texts, someone that I felt like I had to pursue. And I've been dating like this for a long time because I just honestly haven't been able to do anything else. Like I haven't known how to do anything else. And then one day I realized while I was having a conversation with one of my friends uh, over the phone and I was just kind of letting my inner authority speak and I said out loud, holy shit, like no wonder I'm pursuing these dudes. It's because I was pursuing my father's attention. And it all just like started to fall into place for me. And for a while, for like a, a little bit, I really thought that what I needed was to be completely celibate. I even re-recorded, or not re-recorded, but recorded and a version of a version of this episode. Sorry guys, uh, super excited to talk and talking too fast. And the version of this episode, it was basically daddy issues and celibacy or something like that but then you know the way the universe works I was introduced to this new exciting thing um and even I wrote a poem on my website about it I have a blog now by the way uh and that's where I'm putting a lot of my poetry that I've been writing currently so these poems are usually about days old if not like a couple months old but I'm really excited to start typing them all and I've been doing like a couple a day really exciting uh so go check it out but this poem it's called a new shade of gray and the reason it's called a new shade of gray is because i am always um i guess informing others about the gray area how things are not black and white and in fact the best things are often found in the gray area not the best things as if there's better or worse uh, but rather the very valuable things the lessons the 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 unique perspectives that can help really shift things they are often found in the gray area and i realized i'd been looking at casual dating like either there's no sort of emotional fulfillment they owe me nothing um i don't really demand or not even demand but expect anything or them to treat me a certain way and then full-on super serious about me super serious relationship we're in for the long haul I had not thought of this in-between space that existed exists and my friend this amazing strong woman that super inspired me to get my website up to get this podcast together to start putting my poetry out into a blog uh little did she know that she inspired all of that um, and even start my card reading business, I, she kind of let me know, you know, that when she first started to really dedicate time for herself um, and commit to herself, which, woo, yes, inner authority pulls through. I knew that I was going to be able to tie this in. This is perfect. Okay. And she, the way uh, that she committed to herself also included the way that she handled men, you know, so the first time that she would go out on a date with someone, she would bring up the whole relationship thing, let them know right away that she doesn't consider anybody seriously uh, until about six months in because you don't really know a person until about that much in. Uh, Now, that's not to say that, you know, she was fucking around. It's like there would be an expiration date on this casual fling um, and it would be pretty much monogamous. Um not pretty much, but it would be like a monogamous fling. And she would set these boundaries um, 
and she just learned to just be really clear on what she wanted even just with her energy and so the way that I like related that to myself is like okay well I know that emotionless is not something that I can do so I don't mind dating someone casually in fact I feel like that's what I need to be able to navigate those waters um but being aware that those casual things are gonna have an expiration date and being aware that I can call it I can commit to myself in that moment and call the expiration date if I feel like that's where we are um recently I hooked up with this guy and he basically didn't reply to one of my texts and then when I saw him I kind of gave him the cold shoulder and he said something about it and you know we went out on a really sweet date it was really fun but then of course I don't hear from him at all um and I'm just kind of like okay that's you know that's annoying it's like you you see you say that you want to see me again and then you don't really do anything about it and I was talking to her about it and she was like you know you can end that whenever you want like you can call it and I I know that I should have known that but I didn't like I didn't even think oh my god like I can call this I can I can end it whenever the fuck I want um and so what I did is I ended up writing him a little note Next time I saw him, I gave it to him, and he was super stoked to read it, and then, of course, he mentioned nothing about it, and his response says everything, because it's like, I'm not expecting, you know, him to go back or do anything different, um, I guess I just mean that a real man would have just acknowledged it, you know what I mean, um, and anyway, <laughs> like, she opened up this whole new world for me. Uh, And she made me realize that celibacy wasn't the thing that I needed to commit to. It was myself. My own creative projects, this podcast, my poetry, my card reading business. Like, I'm so excited to just do that. And I've made my website. It's super cute. Check it out. It's mysticalmac.com. I've ordered business cards for business cards for my card reading business. I'm going to be reading uh, tarot and on the down low, I'm going to be doing Reiki for on, you know, per special requests. And I'm even uh, doing something that's also per special request uh, called intentional art, where if you have like a gift that you want to give to somebody, you don't know what it is and you want like a, a custom poem written, you know, or something of the like, something like that, uh, I can create that. So I'm really excited about these things and that's ultimately what I realized is that I was for a long time actually I've been in this fear of self-commitment what's gonna do if I like what's gonna happen if I commit to myself what's gonna happen if I really go forth with the things that I want to do if I put my poetry out there if I start talking about myself so personally on a podcast what is going to happen and you know I'm finally at the point where I'm just willing to find out so daddy issues lead to me somehow committing to myself and this podcast is part of it so thank you so much for listening I appreciate you so incredibly much I hope that you got something out of this and I am excited for next week this week was daddy issues and and the fear of self-commitment that I am caretaking with me as I go along this journey because I am still fearful. I mean, courage does not happen in the absence of fear. (laughs) Um, And I'm really excited about going forth and and really doing this and being here with you guys and reading people 
with cards that I, I just love to do that so much and and creating my poetry which I've been so passionate about lately so uh, if you want to be a super awesome supporter go ahead and check that out and I love you I'm sending you so much love I'm sending you so much light and this journey is truly exciting Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Mystical Mac. For future episodes, click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to help me spread this podcast far and wide, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a review. You can also check me out at mysticalmac.com for some poetry and a little bit about my card readings. Thank you so much, and I'm so looking forward to next week.